Amanda, remember that time that Cleopatra loved a good prank? And welcome to Remember That Time, and historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And hey, we're taking it back to BC again this Taking it time. way back. Taking it way back. Because we're going to talk about Cleopatra today. Oh boy, I can't wait. I'm very excited. I love Cleopatra. I love ancient Egypt. I was really into ancient Egypt when I was in like elementary school. Mm-hmm. It was like the first bit of history that I really got into, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Who else was really into Egypt? Agatha mm-hmm. Christie last week. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's really funny that you picked this one for this Maybe week. I subconsciously did that. Huh. Who knows? Want a drink update? Yes. Okay. I'm having a Coca-Cola today. <gasps> That's so weird. I'm having a Dr. Pepper. <gasps> Who are <Wow>. we? <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't drink a lot of Coke, but lately I've been craving it a lot. <laughs> I think it's because the kitchen at my office for a long time like wasn't stocking them for some reason. So we'd all go down there every day. And even if you didn't want one, we'd just be like, oh, no Coke again. <laughs> and then they started stocking them again. And so we just keep buying them like every day. <laughs> We're like there's Coke now. We better get one. I try not to drink a lot of pop, and if I do, I only want, like, one a day, but I had fast food for dinner, and so Mm. it's, like, I can't not eat it with, like, I have to have pop, or it tastes wrong, and I, like, can't do it. I'm with you. Um, So let's talk about Cleopatra. Yes, let's. Okay, so this is gonna be, yet again, like, a very basic retelling of events. Mm -hmm. There's so much that happens. With Cleopatra and her reign. Yes. Um, so, you know, if you want to dive into it a little more deep, then go for it. Um, a lot of the info is, is going to come from biography.com, which I love, and goodoldhistory.com. Ayo. So, Cleopatra the seventh is born in early 69 B.C., Wow, does so, this does that make this the oldest? I can't remember no, if Hanukkah I think, went further back. I think Hanukkah was further back. I think you're right. Oh yeah, because it was in the um like five hundreds. Yeah, I so checked. it was definitely. <laughs> I checked your notes <laughs> today because I was like, wait a minute, do I have the oldest one again? And I was like, no, Hanukkah. I was am older. still the victor. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna beat that. I don't know. Um, so she is the daughter of the ruling. <sighs> We're already at a <laughs> word that's hard to pronounce. Ptolemaic? Ptolemaic, yeah. Ptolemaic? Um, Pharaoh, Ptolemy XII. And- I love, this is an aside, Sis <laughs> put 12th in it's parentheses next to the Roman numerals because she has, she's on the struggle bus with well, the Roman numerals. I just always second guess myself. Yeah. And also there we talk about his sons in this one. So if I remember oh, yeah. what the first one is, I can remember what the... the you have to keep them all are. straight because it builds and builds and builds. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to that Ptolemy, the 12th, and an unknown mother, um, 
I think it just wasn't recorded, but it was probably Ptolemy's wife, who was also probably his half-sister. Yikes. Um, Cleopatra V. Um, next name unpronounceable. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, so this was during the Macedonian dynasty. So this dynasty in Egypt was established in 323 BC, which I still don't think is... No, the Hanukkah was in the 500s, I'm pretty sure. Drat. Um, But it was established following the death of Alexander the Great. So this era begins when Alexander's general, Ptolemy, takes over as ruler of Egypt after Alexander's death, um, becoming King Ptolemy I, Soter of Egypt. I think I said that right. Um, And then over the next three centuries his descendants continued to rule. So mm. that's why it's considered a dynasty. And right. that's where Cleopatra's rule took place. So because of this, Cleopatra is actually not ethnically Egyptian. Oh. Because um, the, the Ptolemaic rulers are technically Greek. I did not know that. Yeah. Fun fact. Thanks, history.com. Uh-huh. So, oh, this is... I love this fact. I don't know why. I just, I read it and I was like, yes, that's great. Um, Cleopatra probably studied at the museum, which included the Library of Alexandria. That's so dope. In fact, I read that and I went, maybe I should do the Library of Alexandria instead. And then I decided not oh, to. But that would <laughs> make almost, a really good episode. Yeah, I almost changed the entire subject just reading that one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so... Again, some other things happen here from Cleopatra's youth up to the point where she rules, but I'm not going to get too, I'm not really going to get into it because I really want to get to the parts where she's on the throne because that's where it gets like real juicy. Right. Um, So her father, uh, Ptolemy XII, dies sometime before March 22nd, 51 BC. The throne is then left to 18-year-old Cleopatra and her 10-year-old brother, Ptolemy the 13th. See how I got that one right? Uh-huh. Because you knew that the other one was 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cleopatra and her brother likely get married at this point. Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> it's a really, really common practice in Egypt at this time. Still, yikes. I know, it's not good. But for the most part, these are usually, like, ceremonial. Right. Um, you know, sometimes not, obviously. I mean, Cleopatra's probably a product of incest, so let's just be honest. Right. But um, it, it was such an important part of the, like, ceremony of it all. It was really traditional then. Mm. So, you know, not great, but also for the time, not unexpected. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, like, if you think the European rulers we've talked about in the past were bad, like, buckle up. (laughs) It's way worse now. Because it's about to get bonkers up in here, for (laughs) real. So, the first few years of Cleopatra's rule see a lot of famine, mostly caused by drought, because of a low-level annual flooding of the Nile. If you don't know about the annual flooding of the Nile, it's a very important part of Egypt's um, economy. And, <laughs> and, and ecosystem. Ecosystem. And all of it. All of it. Um, because if it doesn't flood enough, there's not going to be enough water for crops, for crops. Yeah. to yield. So there's a, a lot of famine during her rule. Um, 
She also inherits her father's debt and owes the Roman Republic 17.5 million drachmas. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent is, but that's a lot. Million is a lot, and it would be yeah. more today. So it's like if it's already seventeen million. Exactly. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Exactly. That was what I thought. So by August twenty ninth, fifty one BC, official documents basically start listing Cleopatra as the sole ruler, which suggests that she has rejected her brother as co ruler. Mm. Um, there are a lot of problems between the two of them very shortly into their reign. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleopatra eventually f- uh, flees to Syria, where she assembles an army to defeat her brother. Um, so basically they engage in a civil war. Wow. Yeah. Um, in 48 BC, she this is when she returns to Egypt to, to start basically a military campaign against her brother. Who, by the way, is not very old at this point. Right. So he's like 12? I don't know, 12? Yeah, I think he's 12. I assume he's not doing a ton of the war. I was about to say, the war was probably not against him. It was probably against Well, it was was kind of against him. (laughs) It was kind of against him. We'll get there. Um, While these two are engaging in a civil war, Julius Caesar, who you may know. Oh, yes. Have you heard of him? I think I've heard of him, yes. Mm, Okay. So he is, at this point, he's not technically ruling. He's part of, like, a triumvirate that Uh rules the Roman Republic. And he's technically a general, I think, if I remember correctly. I didn't go too deep into the Greek history. There's a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he is engaged in a civil war with the Roman general Pompey, who's also part of the triumvirate that's taking care of Rome at this point. Pompey is so non-threatening of a man. <laughs> That's yeah. right, though, right? That's how you say that. It, I mean, the only other thing I would think of would be Pompey, but, but I don't know if that's the pronunciation with that spelling. I don't think so. Pompey. <laughs> Let me double check. Give me a pronunciation. Oh, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, Pompey. I just find it delightful is all. Yeah, it's not good. So a lot of things happened during the Civil War <laughs> between <laughs> Caesar and Pompey. And I, again, I it, it, that would be a whole other episode. Genu- genuinely, just the Civil War would probably right. be a whole other episode. Um, but essentially, it culminates in Pompey being assassinated on September 28, 48 BC on Ptolemy XIII's orders. So, the fight has moved into Egypt between Caesar and Pompey, and Ptolemy wants to get on Caesar's good side, right? He he wants basically, I guess you could say, an alliance with Caesar. He just, he doesn't want to be one of Caesar's enemies, which, of course, why would you? Yeah. Um, Not wise. Fair. Um, So... Ptolemy, at this point, basically... So, the way that he's assassinated is he's ambushed. Mm. And Ptolemy's like, did it. I have demonstrated my power. I've diffused this tense situation. That's going to end this civil war. Caesar's going to be grateful. So, he sends Pompey's head, severed and embalmed, to Caesar. Good lord. 
Caesar actually not a big fan of this. (laughs) He was actually pretty unhappy. So he arrives in Alexandria, which is where most of the fighting is taking place at this point, in 48 BC um, in October. And he's pretty upset about the killing of Pompey. I mean, I didn't read too much into the Civil War, but my guess is that he would have hoped that it would have ended a little more peacefully because the intention was that Caesar and Ta- and um, Pompey should be ruling together. Together, right. Um, and actually, Caesar has Pompey's assassins killed. Sure. So, and then he calls on Ptolemy the 13th and Cleopatra to disband their forces and reconcile. He asks them to, basically. Why is it any of his business? Well, Egypt, I think... I'm going to get my history and my, uh, I'm going to get it real messed up at this point. But I think it's not technically part of the Roman Republic, but I think that they've got some power there, maybe. Somebody who knows more about it could tell me. Um, But Rome has, Rome has influence in Egypt. Yes, they're all connected. But also, why is it any of his business? Because he needs the civil war to stop. Yeah, I understand. I mean, it's bad for his economy as much as theirs. Yeah. Um. So Ptolemy is like, mm, I'm good. And instead of listening, he takes his army to Alexandria. Yikes. Initially, Cleopatra sends emissaries to Caesar. But then she hears a little rumor that Caesar is super down for having affairs with royal women. And she's like, huh, I'm going to go. Instead. Oh, my God. So this is extremely cleopatra she does stuff like this a lot Uh uh-huh she is very aware that she's a female in power Uh uh-huh and she's very aware that that itself like being a female yields a certain power Mm -hmm. and she uses it i mean hey why the heck not girl i mean you think of cleopatra she has a certain reputation Uh uh-huh and this is why although for the most part, like, people, historians of her time basically recorded that she was actually not that remarkable looking. <laughs> so I guess that's, you know, relative. But that she was just really charming. And she knew yeah. what she was doing. So She's a good politician. Yeah, I mean, really. Mm-hmm. And pretty devious and ruthless. Yep. Um, so... Ptolemy and Caesar basically now are not on good terms. Caesar's really siding more with Cleopatra because mm-hmm. um, she's seduced him, basically. Sure. <laughs> like um, you do. <laughs> so Caesar has reinforcements that come to Alexandria and Ptolemy ends up fleeing and is believed to have drowned in the Nile. Wow. Um reportedly on January 13th, 47 BC, while he was attempting to cross the river. Huh. It's really interesting to me that, like, this was a long time ago. So the fact that we have this much recorded about her life is super, super impressive. But the gaps are interesting to me. Yeah. Well, Egyptians recorded a lot about their pharaohs. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not terribly surprising. Yeah. Um, but like, why would we not know how he died? That's just, or why is there because not a very no clear one record was, of it? Be, probably because no one was there. Mm. So we'll, we'll loop back around to that when we get to Cleopatra's death too. Mm. So 
Um, at this point, Caesar has been solidified as dictator with the help of one Mark Antony, who will return to the story. Yes, yes, he sure will. (laughs) Um, And he chooses to restore power of Egypt to Cleopatra, who is now 22, and her younger brother, because Ptolemy the 13th has died, but she does have another younger brother, Ptolemy the 14th, and he is 12, and he becomes her co-ruler. They are married in a traditional sibling marriage. Uh, so that sounds more to me like it's just like you guys are rolling together and our way of dealing with that is making you be married (laughs) right and cleopatra continues to live with caesar sure um privately so they're they're basically ruling together at this point like both egypt Egypt. wow (laughs) i mean i don't know how it's hard to say how much of an influence she had on Rome and how much he had on Egypt. He probably had a little more on Egypt than she had on Rome, Mm -hmm. but you know, power couple. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, So there are like stories of like Caesar joining Cleopatra for a cruise of the Nile and sightseeing of Egyptian monuments. But this is probably just like a romantic, like, retelling of not mm-hmm. an actual historical event but more like a thing that people did at that time right. they were like you know it became like a big story it probably didn't really happen like that so in april of 47 bc caesar leaves alexandria and returns to rome on june 23rd of the same year cleopatra gives birth to a son who she names ptolemy caesar he is believed to be Caesar's child, and he's known by the Egyptian people as Caesarian, which means little Caesar. Like the pizza? Like the pizza, my friend. <laughs> mm, five pizza, whole dollars pizza. for this kid. Mm-hmm. Pizza, pizza. Hot and ready. <laughs> Buy this child for five whole dollars. They're doing delivery now, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, she did delivery, so, you know. <gasps> i was not ready (laughs) i should have been that was that joke presented itself it sure did and you just knocked it right out of the park very good thank you um but caesar never publicly like recognizes the kid uh, yeah acknowledges that this is his child but i mean it almost certainly is right um, so Cleopatra and her younger brother, Ptolemy the, oh, I can't talk, Ptolemy the 14th, visit Caesar in Rome sometime before his assassination. Sure. And she's in Rome when he's assassinated <gasps> oh. on the Ides of March, which is, of course, March 15th, 44 Ooh, BC. So interesting. Is it? I, I don't know. I I feel like I read that on like a, one of those things that's like, here are things you probably didn't know about Cleopatra. And I'm like, I wasn't very surprised by it. I uh, not I don't find it surprising. I find it interesting that that was just like happened to be a time that she was in Rome. I guess. Yeah. Although I, I don't know. I guess I just thought that they were together a lot. Yeah. That's assumed. also one of those things where it's like, even though you know they have a historical connection, it's still surprising when you hear like, these two historical people lived at the same time or like. Yeah. I guess you usually learn about those things separately yes 
even though you know that their lives are connected, but when you say Ides of March, you don't think Cleopatra. Right. Yes. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Even though the time period is the same, there's no other connection besides the fact that she knew Caesar, you know? Well, she, he was her lover. Right. But like, there's no connection between the event and her besides the fact that they were people who knew one another and had a connection, you know? Right. It's not like she was in on the assassination attempt. We wouldn't think right. of her. Right. Yes. I see what you're saying. Although, what if she was? Oh. Well. <laughs> oh! She wasn't. But but we're going to just just wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing your stuff. But she wasn't. But, you know, it's it. there will be a link. <laughs> um. So Cleopatra actually remains in Rome until around mid-April of that year. Probably hoping that her son will be named as Caesar's heir oh, or recognized sure. as Caesar's heir. Um, but Caesar's will had actually named his grandnephew Octavian as his heir. Sure. Um, he later becomes Caesar Augustus, and we're definitely going to come back to him. Hundo <laughs> percent, we're coming back to Octavian. Um, so she returns to Egypt, and shortly after their return, Ptolemy the Fourteenth is poisoned. Probably by Cleopatra's agents. Wow. This woman was like, I'ma have soul power and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Your laws will not stop me. Yeah. And she and she is not done, by the way. Oh my god. Just to hold up. Um, so her brother is now dead at this point. Both of her brothers are dead. Were, were um, those the only two she had? Brothers, yes. Okay. Siblings, no. Okay. She actually might have had another younger brother, but he, I don't I don't know that he comes into play. Okay. I didn't put him in my notes, so So he clearly doesn't. <laughs> I might have just read over him. <laughs> um so her son, Caesarian, is named her co-regent. He's three. Um, oh my god. He's- Imagine being a grown woman and being forced to have your three-year-old child named as your co-regent because it's impossible for them to just let you rule by yourself although she insisted on being called pharaoh good she was not one to be like and i'm the queen no she was pharaoh right but just like Um, imagine (laughs) yeah um so anyway he's given the the title basically ptolemy the 15th right so he doesn't technically dis- I mean he descends from her and she's a Ptolemaic pharaoh. Right. But in terms of the male line he, he Yeah, he doesn't descend from a male Ptolemy. Right. Um but he is given that name once he becomes co-regent. Um so also, if she didn't have another brother, she killed off technically killed off the male line of the yeah. Ptolemies with the exception of her yes, son, she but did. yeah. She did. Wow. She absolutely did. I mean, she's the last ruler of this dynasty. Pulling an Elizabeth on us and just saying, like, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> right? Yeah, she kind of does. Um, And also by this point, she has really strongly identified herself with the goddess Isis, mm. um, which is really common it, with in ancient Egypt. Right. It's a tradition to sort of align royalty with their divinity Right. Um, to sort of reinforce their position. Um, sure. Yeah, no, because the pharaohs were considered gods. Right. So, you said Isis, and my brain immediately went to that Gabriel Gundecker vine of him going, 
the ice is slippery. And then going, Isis? Isis? Yeah, the ice no, is No, the like, ice Isis? Is... <laughs> That's a good one. Just <laughs> the tone of voice that you said it with sounded like, Isis? Isis? Really got me. <laughs> um... Meanwhile, there's still really unreliable flooding of the Nile. Mm -hmm. So crops are still failing. A lot of inflation and hunger is going on. So Egypt not doing super great at this point. (sighs) Egypt's having a little bit of a rough time. Cleopatra, though, kind of riding high right now. (laughs) Right? Like her immediate rivals are gone. Caesar, I mean, she probably would have liked to keep him around, but he's... He definitely could have caused a problem down the line. So yeah. it's maybe for the best that she got rid of him when she did. Hondo percent. Although she didn't get rid of him. She just... Right, but like that she was, was rid, rid of, of him. him when she was. <laughs> right. So in Rome, it's now 43 BC, and there's a second triumvirate that has come into place, um... Mostly of Caesar's allies, who are, again, Mark Antony, Octavian, his heir, and Lepidus. Can I just say, it's wild to me that there was a man in ancient Rome named Mark Antony. That is such a normal, (laughs) normal name next to Octavian and Lepidus. It's like, your name is Mark like, I'm just going to call you Mark. <laughs> well, I, I'll probably actually refer to him as Antony from now on. Sorry. Right, but, like, the man's name is Mar- Mark. Cleopatra and Mark. Were- like, that's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, so the second triumvirate is now in conflict with Caesar's assassins, Brutus and Cassius. Sure. Mark so- and Brutus and Cassius. <laughs> yeah. So both sides are asking for Egyptian support and Cleopatra kind of stalls for a little while, like doesn't want to get into it. Right, right. Um, But eventually she sends um, four Roman legions stationed in Egypt, originally by Caesar, to support the triumvirate. Sure. So she sends the troops that have been in Egypt back to support the triumvirate. Right. And they were Caesar's forces in the first place, so I guess that makes sense. Right. That's that that's right. where she would send them. Right. Um, and eventually in 42 BC, the those forces defeat Brutus and Cassius. Um and Mark Antony Octa- and Octavian end up dividing power in Rome. Okay. So I don't know what happens to the other guy. I didn't read so much about it. Again, that could totally be its own episode. He just uh, disappeared. He's like not in the picture. So Antony summons Cleopatra to where he has established his headquarters in Tarsus. Um, and... He does this because there has been some talk that maybe Cleopatra was secretly supporting Cassius in the Civil War. Oh, okay. So this is where it kind of links back to um, Caesar's assassins, is that there were oh, there was some idea that gotcha. maybe she had something to do with it, or maybe she, she was supporting them. Um, though uh, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that she was. Right. So she goes to she goes to visit him, and 
I'm just going to read this quote. So according to the story recorded by Plutarch and later dramatized famously by William Shakespeare. Wait, Plutarch like that fool in Hunger Games? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm just sorry. It's just that's what I associate that name with. There was a Plutarch in Hunger Games, wasn't there? Is that his there? name in Hunger Games? I think there was a Plutarch Uh-oh. in Uh-oh. Hunger Games. Because that sounds familiar to me. there sure was. Yeah. (laughs) I I literally don't remember who that was. Of course. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays him. Right. Okay. Yes. Duh. I knew he was important. Okay. Not that one. (laughs) Sorry. The real one. The non-fictional one. Um, (laughs) Cleopatra sailed to Tarsus in an elaborate ship dressed in the robes of Isis. And Antony, who associated himself with the Greek deity Dionysus, was seduced by her charm. Wow. So there's this story that she basically rolls up lavish, dressed as Isis, and is like, here I am. (laughs) What's up? Try me. Try me, basically. (laughs) Try me. Seriously. She she's able to clear her name because she basically convinces Antony she didn't do anything wrong, which again, she probably didn't, but I mean, who knows? Maybe she did. Um, and Antony agrees to protect Egypt and Cleopatra's crown. So they basically form an alliance kind of right away. Right, right. Um, and he actually pledges for the uh, pledges support for the removal of her younger sister and rival Arsinoe, sure, who was at that point in exile. Wow. So, so there was like a whole other thing going on underneath of all of this that we can't even get to. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that they had her assassinated. Yikes. Also? Uh, in Turkey, maybe? Can't really remember. Um, so she essentially had a hand in the death of three of her siblings. Wow. She did not care at all. No. Which, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, now we're like, oh my god, how could, how could she? But, like... She probably wasn't that close with them. Well, yeah, thinking about her position, th- familial relationships were not the important thing yeah right power was and people in your family were your direct competition right so bye i guess uh cleopatra invites antony to come to egypt which he does in november of 41 bc he leaves behind his third wife fulvia and their children in rome it's kind of rude mark well i mean yeah (laughs) Um, so Cleopatra actually, she carefully chose Antony as her partner Mm -hmm. and intended for him to be her partner to produce more heirs. Sure. Um, he was, he was the most powerful figure in Rome at the time. Right. Or at least one of the two most powerful figures. Um, and so, you know, she, it was calculated. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta calculate stuff like that. Yeah, and when she you're in gets, the position she was in, she gets a lot out of it yep. at first, and then it doesn't go so well later. But at <laughs> first, she gets a lot out of it. So by November of 38 BC, Cecilia, nope, nope, that's not how you say that. Cilicia, Cilicia, and Cyprus are both under Cleopatra's control, and it's presumed that that transfer of power probably happened. In this winter of 41 to 40 BC, when Antony is visiting her in Egypt. Sure. 
Um, and so in the spring of 40 BC, Antony e leaves Egypt um, because he's got some stuff going on in Syria. So he's going to like take care of that. Has to like go be a ruler. You know how yeah, it goes. Yeah, he's like. I gotta leave on business, babe. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, right. Um, and Cleopatra famously provides Antony with 200 ships for this campaign. Right, right, right. Which is kind of payment for her newly acquired territories. Oh, right? sure. Like, she kind of owes him a little bit at this point. Um, And in 40 BC, while he's away, Cleopatra gives birth to twins. A boy named Alexander Helios, Helios meaning sun, and a girl named Cleopatra Selene II, Selene meaning moon. I love um, that. Yeah. I love that um, a lot. Yeah. It was like meant to symbolize how she was hoping Antony would run things. I read a little bit about it, but I didn't take notes on it. I love so many things about naming those children those things. I know. Wow, I, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and Antony does acknowledge both of them as his children, although he doesn't see them in person till they're like three. Wow. But he's that's up. how like traveling works back then. Fighting wars and stuff, I guess. Um, and she doesn't see Antony again until 37 BC, but she remains, you know, she keeps corresponding with him. Um, and evidence suggests that she kept a spy in his camp, which if I were sure. her, I would too. Yeah, good call, good call. No stone unturned, baby, for Cleopatra. Yeah. Mm -mm. So, Antony's wife, Fulvia, dies. And he remarries Octavia, who is the half-sister of Octavian. Who is his son? No. Okay. Octavian is Julius Caesar's grand nephew okay and he later becomes caesar augustus right so that's a lot this is when things start getting not as great yeah i would guess so for cleopatra egypt is getting better wow so it's like only one of them can be doing well at a time apparently <laughs> yeah if she's doing good egypt is screwed if egypt's doing good she's like well yeah. Well, Antony is um is helping with this. He's giving Egypt some more land. So they've got Cyprus, Crete, sure. uh what is now Libya, Jericho, large parts of Syria and Lebanon because he's giving them these lands basically. Right. So, in 36 BC, Cleopatra gives birth again to a son um, who's her second son with Mark Antony now, because remember the other twin was a daughter. Right. Um, and his name is Ptolemy Philadelphos. She has two sons named Ptolemy. Well, the first one isn't technically originally named Ptolemy, I guess. Although, yes, yes he, he is. is. I lied. Well, what are you going to do? We have the number. What are you going to do? She's what are you going to do? Two Ptolemies. Imagine. Yeah, I don't know why I, mean, she, I know that I know. at this point. The household is not sort of typical, but imagine just being like, <laughs> hey, Ptolemy, stop what you're doing. Which one of us? Hey, somebody go get Ptolemy for me. Which one? <laughs> the little one. The um, new one. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Antony has been fighting a war out in Parthia, and he loses. Um, and... <laughs> 
After that, he publicly rejects his new wife, Octavia, as she's trying to rejoin him uh... after the war. Um, and instead, he goes back to Egypt, to Cleopatra. Wow. And then the donations of Alexandria happen. So there's a public celebration in 34 BC. Antony declares Caesarion as Caesar's son and rightful heir. Oh my god. Now Octavian N with an N, who later becomes Augustus, um, if you will recall, is technically Caesar's heir per Caesar's will. Right. He's also Caesar's adopted son. So And also the ha- the brother to Antony's wife. Oh wow. Right, bad. right, 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 right. All bad news. <laughs> um yeah, Antony also gives land to each of his children with Cleopatra. Wow. So he is fully enraptured by her at this point. Yeah. So at this public event they're having where all of this is happening, Cleopatra, of course, dresses as Isis and declares that she is the queen of kings, which is a great title, by the way. Yes, it is. And that her son, Caesarion, is king of kings. And Alexander Helios is declared king of Armenia, Media, and Parthia. And two-year-old Ptolemy, the other one, is declared king of Syria and Cilicia. Her daughter is bestowed with Crete and Cyrene. Cyrene? I can never remember how to pronounce that. And it's possible that Antony and Cleopatra are are wed at this time, though right. I don't I don't think there's any like written proof of that. And her first son is technically king because they he was Rules declared together. that whenever she was right the last one died. <laughs> right. Correct. That's Caesarian. Right. Oh, right, right, right. So a lot happens. Yeah. In the donations of Alexandria. And this, of course, begins a conflict. Of course. But actually, it's it starts as a war of propaganda. Huh, that's interesting. Between, yeah, between Antony and Octavian. And Octavian is basically publicly declaring that Antony is completely under Cleopatra's control and he will abandon Rome and make the new capital Egypt. And it's going to just, Rome is going to fall apart because of Antony. And in 32 BC, the Roman Senate strips Antony of all of his titles and Octavian then declares war on Cleopatra. Wow. Sorry, Mark, you don't get to be in charge anymore. Oh, it's a lot. That is wild. Uh, Cleopatra is, of course, said to have brainwashed Mark Antony with witchcraft and sorcery. Of course. And was said to have been as dangerous as Homer's Helen of Troy in destroying civilization. Wow. Now, she doesn't quite destroy civilization. No. But, but I would also cause, say... she does cause quite a bit of a mess. She's more dangerous than Helen because at least she was actively doing things. And she has power. Helen was just like, I'm here and I'm beautiful. Like Helen was essentially bait. Yeah. At least Cleopatra <laughs> like, was like, she has reasons to be dangerous because she was like making money moves. Like she was doing she stuff. She was making money moves. She was... She was large and in charge she was indeed so by 31 bc antony and cleopatra have combined their armies to fight octavian sure 
And on September 2nd, okay, there's a lot of other battles and stuff, but this is like the one that is going to move our story along. (laughs) This is the one that's important for our purposes. Right. So on September 2nd of that same year, um, the Battle of Actium takes place. It's a naval battle. Mm -hmm. And it does not go well for Cleopatra (laughs) or Antony. Um, They are pretty handily taken over by Octavian's, you know, naval ships. Right. Um, Cleopatra's ships desert and flee to Egypt. And Antony eventually breaks away and follows her with some, with a few ships. A lot of people said that it seemed like Cleopatra basically abandoned Mark Antony there. Sure. But there's also a belief that, like, it was actually prearranged. A strategic that, fallout of, yeah. Right. That, that if this were to happen, she would flee first. Because ultimately, she's more important. At this point, yeah. because he doesn't have he doesn't have any titles or power. Right, the she war is against hold- her. He's right, just and supporting she, her. Yeah, she is the one that needs to hold on to Egypt. Right, he has no stake in Egypt. He has no power in Egypt. If Cleopatra is gone, Mark yeah, Antony has, has nothing. nothing at all. Right, at this point. Right, so they escape, they meet up, but then they separate. And Antony goes to Cyrene to raise more troops. And Cleopatra goes back to Alexandria. Um, and she she tries to portray the, those this battle as a victory, but it's super not. Right. And by now, Cleopatra is maybe starting to see Antony as a bit of a liability. Yeah. You know? Um, and... She, by the late summer of 31 BC, she's kind of preparing to leave Egypt with, um, to, to her son, Caesarian. She, so she's like preparing him to take over. Sure. Um, she wanted, she was going to relinquish her throne to him, take her fleet from the Mediterranean into the Red Sea, and then set sail for some foreign port, maybe India, where she could basically live quietly for a little while to recuperate while it all calmed down right but that doesn't happen (laughs) um because sorry i just want to get all of it right here there's a lot because octavian's governor in syria advises malichus the first to burn cleopatra's fleet okay um, in revenge for his losses in a war that he had been engaged with, um, with Herod, who you may know, mm-hmm. which Cleopatra basically initiated. Okay. Again, that's a whole different story, but it's, it's just important to know the that The detail is important. Her fleet was burned. Because of this. Because of this. And so basically she has no other option but to stay in Egypt and try to negotiate with Octavian oh, at this yeah. point. So she requests that her children inherit Egypt and that Antony be allowed to live in exile from Rome in Egypt. Sure. Offered Octavian money in the future and started sending him a lot of gifts. I love the idea that she was like, my children rule everything and this man is my husband now and we rule the world. And then like a month later it was like, well. She's like, you can have them. (laughs) About that. I really would just like for them to get Egypt. Thank you. Yeah, well, 
I at least you can say for Cleopatra that while she is completely power hungry and will basically stop at nothing, she does kind of know when she's she's not she's backed into a corner. She's yeah, she doesn't have any delusions. She she wants power, but she's gonna make the right moves to make sure that they that the power doesn't get her killed. Well, and her children are important to her because yep. because especially her eldest son because in her eyes he is the son of Caesar, therefore the most important. Yeah. And so him getting power is extremely important. As long to her. as it's somewhere she wants it she ideally would be in Rome, Egypt. but No, Egypt. She at this point I think she's just got her eyes set on Egypt and that's it. Because she knows she ain't going to get Rome. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, ideally, it would have been Rome, but at this point, she just wants him to have power. Right. So, the negotiations don't produce any results. Octavian is not interested. And he actually is like, "Mm, instead, I'm going to invade Egypt. So, he sets out to do that in the spring of 30 BC. Now, things are about to just domino real quick. Okay. So, it's going to move pretty quickly from here. On August third, um, I'm sorry. On August first, in 30 BC, Antony's naval fleet and cavalry surrender to Octavian. He's backed into a corner. He he has no options. Cleopatra, knowing that she is defeated, hides herself in her tomb, which has already been prepared because she's a pharaoh, with her close attendants, and sends a message to Antony. She has them send a message to Antony that she has committed suicide. Because that was ultimately her plan. Antony, upon hearing this, stabs himself in the stomach and takes his own life at age 53. Oh my god. That's some Romeo and Juliet nonsense. Right? Except purposeful. Yeah. Because she told him she had committed suicide before she did anything. That's wild. And the story goes that he somehow manages to get to the tomb and tells her, like, you know, whatever you do, like, don't see power or something like that. After he stabs himself, not where she is. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, like, something I read, you know? That seems wild. Yeah. Um, Cleopatra's tomb is infiltrated, and... Basically, this stops her from killing herself. Her plan was to burn herself with her treasures. She was going to set the tomb on fire, basically. Um, She is, at this point, captured. But she is allowed to embalm and bury Antony in her tomb before she's taken to the palace at Alexandria. Sure. So he is buried in Cleopatra's tomb. Wow. Octavian enters the palace, once Cleopatra is there, and seizes Cleopatra's three youngest children. So everyone but... The the oldest, yes, Caesarian. And he promises to keep Cleopatra alive, though he doesn't really tell her what he's going to do with her. So, a spy informs Cleopatra that Octavian actually plans to move her children... Uh, to move her and her children to Rome in about three days. And she has no intentions of being paraded into Rome and basically shown off in his victory. Right. So she decides she is going to kill herself. 
And that is exactly what she does. Oh my gosh. In August of 30 BC, Cleopatra commits suicide at the age of 39. It's not totally clear where this happens. It could have been in her tomb. It also could have been in the palace. There's not a lot written in terms about of it. facts about this. There are a lot of beliefs. Uh-huh. Um, it's believed that she was accompanied by her servants, I- Arius, I don't know how to say that name, and Charmion. Again, don't say that's, that's, that's right. Pokemon. <laughs> I know. Um, it's not, but it's pretty close. It sounds like one. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, who also took their own lives. Ugh. Probably. And the means of her death are not exactly known. Um, Plutarch and other writers theorize that she used a poisonous snake, which was the asp. That's the story I always heard when I learned about Cleopatra, mm-hmm. was that she used an asp to kill herself. Um, because it was supposed to be a symbol of divine royalty. That seems so like an like this... complicated way. Right. And they're they're not sure how it happened. So some people think either she allowed it to bite her. The thing that I heard a lot when I was younger was that she had the venom turned into like a balm that she rubbed on her skin. Oh, I ha- I've heard that. Right. I'm sure you have. And some people say that she injected it. All With I, a needle? All I can think about is that um, lady from Holes who put the venom in her nail polish. Oh, yeah. Scratches <laughs> the guy on the face. Right. Which is one of the best scenes in that movie. Oh, oh it's so good. It's so good. Uh, no venomous snake is found with her body, but she apparently did have tiny puncture wounds on her arm huh. that may have been caused by a needle or possibly by a bite. Sure. Hard to say. Um, and per her wishes, Cleopatra is buried next to Antony. So they're buried together in her tomb. So in her kind of final moments, she had decided to send Caesarion away to Upper Egypt, possibly with plans to flee to Nubia or Ethiopia or India. Um, so <laughs> Caesarion, who is now Ptolemy the Fifteenth. Oh, right, because he is the sole ruler. Right. He reigns for 18 days before he's executed on Octavian's orders on um, August 29th of 30 BC. Wow. Um, And this happens after he returns to Alexandria under the false pretense that Octavian was going to allow him to be king. Should have known better than that kid. Yeah, seriously. So the Ptolemaic kingdom dies with Cleopatra and her son, Ptolemy XV. And the Roman province of Egypt is established. Octavian takes the name Augustus I, and he becomes the first Roman emperor. Wow. All because he beat Cleopatra. Right. So it's when, this is when Rome stopped being ruled by... uh, A triumvirate. Triumvirate. Right. Because even with Caesar, it was still part of the triumvirate. No, he became dictator. Dictator, and then... But then the next group of people did not did not set continue with a dictatorship. Right. They tried to triumvirate, and then there was an emperor. Right, because there was a war, <laughs> and because Mark Antony abandoned things. She basically. had a direct hand in both of those events. Yes, she did. Which is really interesting. She essentially gave us what we consider the Roman, the Roman Empire. Empire. Yeah. Right. I mean, not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Definitely not because she wanted to. Wow. But it wouldn't have been possible without her. 
Exactly. Wow. That's really And because of the men she seduced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the power she held and how she used it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so during her reign in Egypt, Cleopatra was the chief religious authority in her realm, presiding over religious ceremonies um, dedicated to the deities of both Egyptian and Greek faiths. Huh. Um, she oversees the construction of various temples to Egyptian and Greek gods, a synagogue for the Jews in Egypt. Huh. And uh, she built the Caesarium of Alexandria, which was dedicated to the cult worship of Julius Caesar. Huh. That is very interesting. Yeah. That she, like, did that for all different religions and not Mm -hmm. just for Egyptian gods. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, I mean, technically she was Greek, so... Oh, that's true, yeah. You know. But she's also supposed to be this, like, chosen Egyptian god, essentially. Yeah, but at this point, she's kind of a chosen Egyptian god and a chosen Greek god. That's true, by the time she's... Yeah. Hmm. Because the... Macedonian dynasty was sort of both. Huh. You know? Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, Cleopatra spoke at least a dozen languages and was educated in mathematics, philosophy, oratory, and astronomy. Sure. And last little fact here. While Antony is in Egypt with Cleopatra in that winter of 41 to 40 BC, they form a drinking club. (laughs) Called the Inimitable Livers. Oh my god, that's an incredible name. What? They have they have nightly feasts and wine binges. And they often have elaborate games and contests. And one of Antony and Cleopatra's favorite activities was supposedly wandering the streets of Alexandria in disguise and playing pranks on its residents. Wow. Delightful. What kind of pranks? I don't know. That's as much as HistoryGood.com gave me, but I found it. I was waiting this whole time to figure out the prank bit. Yeah, that was it. Oh, gosh. I left it to the very end. <laughs> so we could leave on a sort of cheerier note. Sure. Uh, I mean, again, this is a super abridged version of all the things that happened. Right. I'm sure I got some details a little off here and there. This was just like trying to condense it into something that would be palatable. So, yeah. um, but I encourage people to read up on all of this because the backstories of all the wars and stuff is really interesting. And But, you know, when we think of Cleopatra, we think of these like romances she had and how it influenced basically everything yeah in the 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 part of the world that she lived in yeah um and i always wonder i mean was she really in love with either of them i would say she was probably at least deeply infatuated with caesar right i don't think she was in love with mark antony he was in love with her though he was he was yeah she saw the potential for power and I think he was very taken with her. But it's so interesting, though, because the the quote-unquote love story that we always get when it comes to Cleopatra is kind of Cleopatra and Caesar. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, she's a very interesting woman. She's very interesting. The, I mean, ancient Egyptians are all very interesting. Yes. The way the whole society worked was really interesting. Um, I'm sure I'll do another episode about some other aspects of ancient Egypt at mm-hmm. some point and probably ancient Greece because yeah. I'm very interested in both. But 
I thought Cleopatra was a good one to start with. It's so impressive to me the amount that we know and how well recorded it was. Because there are more recent times in history where we have less recorded knowledge. Right. And so that's just always very impressive to me. And I know it's because it was a highly intelligent and advanced society just because it was ancient doesn't mean that's not true it's just that we don't have a lot of writings from a lot of things from that time period and so it survived enough that we know it survived enough that we were able Mm -hmm. to piece that much of her story together is really impressive to me yeah it definitely is should we do a quick google autofill sure real quick i feel like she's a good one okay yeah so did cleopatra have children yes yes uh marry her brother yeah two of them twice she did that at least she didn't have to marry her son well we'll get to that in a second uh did she have a sister yes killed her also got rid of her the next one is did she marry her son no at least not that i know of (laughs) unless unless that making them co-rulers was always a marriage ceremony but i doubt it i don't think so (laughs) i don't think so he was three at the time (laughs) now uh, did Cleopatra have a cat is the next one. Oh. Uh, I don't know why it matters. <laughs> because it's why? Egyptian. and But why are we asking Google if she had a cat? I mean, first of all, I don't think the Egyptians really kept cats as like house pets as we know them now. Right. Right? Like, have a cat? I don't know. There who were cares? probably a lot of cats in her <laughs> palace because of how they were what they symbolized like why are you googling that (laughs) cat Um, people (laughs) and then real quick we're gonna do was cleopatra uh was cleopatra greek yes egyptian not ethnically but nationally yes beautiful it seems like probably not up to you i guess i like this one was cleopatra real yep that's always a classic in the google autofill autofill Um, and then we'll end with this one. Was Cleopatra white? Oh, good Lord. I think I know why people are Googling that, though. Why? Because a white woman played her in an extremely famous movie. Ah, yes. Okay, yes. (laughs) But was Cleopatra white? No. Nah, fam. She was not. In fact, she probably descended from Africans, from what I read. So... So there you go. Cleopatra. What a wild ride. Yes, indeed. Um, So if you listeners have other topics you'd like us to talk about, or if you have questions or comments, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. I was halfway through saying that and thought, I don't know if I remember the email address, (laughs) which also happens to me every single time I do the intro. I'm like, do I actually remember the intro? Oh my gosh, same. (laughs) Um, you can also send us your tweets at RTT pod. Um, Hey, throw us a rating and, um, review, a review. God, I'm so tired. Um, on iTunes, if, if you're listening on iTunes, um, and if you'd like to follow me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Awesome. Do you know what you're doing for the next episode? Not at all. No. <laughs> I asked, but I already knew the answer. It might be Nikola Tesla. Ooh, no promises. But it also might not be. (laughs) We'll see when we get there. Gotcha. Well, we'll be getting there soon enough. And until next time. Remember that time. Remember that time.